listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Rick Neuweisel of CBS Sports, who coached Cordell in College of Colorado. Rick, thanks for taking the time. How are you today? I am well. How are you boys doing? Coach, we're doing really good. You know, I always enjoy speaking with you. Um, of course, we're going to jump into the avenue of I know you, Cordell, I know you enjoy speaking to me. The question is, will you ever enjoy listening to me? (laughs) That is always the issue. Whether or not I could ever get you to pay any attention (laughs) to what I had to say, you you had no problem verbalizing what you had to say. And I'm still having a hard time doing it now, and I'm, I'm, that's what, every bit of 15 or so years later. But um, when, when speaking of how I didn't listen to you, um, I, want, I want most to listen to you with this as far as the quarterback position is concerned. Uh, when you look at Lamar Jackson and his talents, give me your take in comparison to the other guys that they're saying may be first-rounders. Give me what you feel he needs to do or where he is to have an opportunity to get in the National Football League. Well, Cordell, and, and, and listen, I'm teasing you because you were one of my favorite guys I ever got to coach. Uh, Lamar Jackson reminds me a lot of you, and I, and I mean that in the most complimentary way, and that he, his skill set is so unique because of the athleticism he brings to the position that, to me, I would be very intrigued as an NFL guy to bring a guy like Lamar Jackson in. Now, everybody wonders, can he play, quote-unquote, the NFL quarterback? The point I'm making about Lamar Jackson is why would you want him to be quote-unquote the NFL quarterback? Why wouldn't you also draft a little bit of his offense and utilize some of the things that people are utilizing to use the quarterback's legs? I know the NFL is a faster league than collegiate ball. I know the NFL is a physical physical league in 16 games over a long haul. You can't ask Lamar Jackson to be you know, a 20-carry-a-game uh, rusher, but – you saw Cam Newton take the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. We've seen uh, Colin Kaepernick take the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl, and the way they did it is utilizing the legs such to the point that the defenses have to accommodate by bringing the eighth man into the box. Once the eighth man comes into the box, you now have the easiest of passing defenses to throw into, whether it be cover three man zone or or regular man free. Those two options are much easier with the, than all the combination coverages and the cover two coverages that create real difficulty for uh, receivers to get open. By just utilizing, by just utilizing the, the quarterback's legs a little bit, you can force defenses into those other coverages, which create much easier throws, and I think the uh, sky's the limit. So to me, in answering your question, Lamar Jackson should be very high on people's lists. Chatting with Rick Neuweisel of CBS Sports. Coach, you know the Pac-12 very well. Sam Darnold could be the first quarterback taken, could be the number one overall pick in the draft. You concerned at all, though, about all the turnovers he committed last year at USC, not just interceptions, fumbles as well. Well, yeah, I'm concerned, but I can coach those out of him. What you can't coach is his ability to rise to the occasion, which he did almost every time at USC. He was 20-4 and four as a starter. He, uh, if you look back and see what he had as an offensive line, you would shake your head because there was very little time for him to set his feet. And yet he never pointed fingers. He never made excuses. He always accepted the blame, which is the number one attribute a quarterback has to have, which is to say the words, it's my fault, and mean it, because that's the quickest way to find a solution to the problem. And Darnold has done that. And to me, uh, although I, I'm curious to see what Cleveland's strategy is given their recent acquisition of Tyrod Taylor, to me, 
uh, Darnold fits the Cleveland mold perfectly because he is a tough guy. He's John Wayne. He's going to ride and save the town. Uh, he's that kind of guy. And he's tough enough to handle the adversity that certainly has been synonymous with the Cleveland franchise. So uh, if, if there are strategies to let uh, Tyrod Taylor be the quarterback for a year, let a guy learn, that sounds good to me. But I, I think what I'm seeing, if I'm guessing, is they're probably going to use that first choice for a Barkley or a, or a Chubb and, uh, and, and look maybe in that fourth position for their quarterback. And I don't know that Darnold will be there if they wait that long. Rick, you mentioned rising to the occasion. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I mean, here's, he comes out of, what, goes to Texas Tech, no scholarship. He goes to Oklahoma, no scholarship, Heisman Trophy winner. He comes across a little brash because he has a chip on his shoulder because he's been told, one, he's diminutive, and two, that he's not capable. That's why he didn't get a scholarship. But here it is, he's kind of in the mix of maybe, maybe going in the top ten uh, against all these other big league quarterbacks, so to speak. Give me your take on what you think of Baker Mayfield. I love him, and so too would you, Cordell, if you spend any time with him. He, he, it's not a chip on his shoulder. It's a boulder. <laughs> he, he is uh, he's motivated to prove people wrong. I, I watched him at the Senior Bowl for a brief time, uh, standing next to Josh Allen, the big quarterback from Wyoming. And you could tell, standing next to him, he was trying to throw it as hard as Josh Allen, <laughs> which is going to be hard to do. But he, he, he doesn't see a challenge he can't overcome. And that's a great mindset, especially when you put with a, uh, a skill set, which in the last two years has been over 70% completion percentage. He has an innate ability to throw people open, which is a skill you have to have at the next level. He does have anticipation skills uh, in the world of uh, the offense that he existed in at uh, Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. The run pass option was a big forte, which means your eyes have to go down to the running back and then you've got to come back up and throw something which you've anticipated based on the pre-snap look. His ability to make those throws accurately, I think, will play well at the next level, especially as you see the the Super Bowl champion Eagles used a bunch of RPO, in particular in that game against uh, uh, Minnesota, to get their chance to play in the Super Bowl. So I I think if you take Mayfield's offense with him, just as we talked about with Lamar Jackson, you're going to have a really good player at the NFL level. Chatting with Rick Neuheisel of CBS Sports. He's our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Rick, you know your alma mater, UCLA, so well. You coached there as well. Josh Rosen, I think, could be the best prospect of all the college quarterbacks. Certainly a strong personality. I'll put it that way. That can translate into leadership, but do you have any concerns about his temperament? No, I, I, Listen, I think Josh Rosen is a, is a great prospect. I think he uh, looks most NFL-ready. You don't have to project. I mean, you can look at him standing in the pocket. You know the ball's going to go where he wants it to go. He's got probably the best command of what I call the mini field. Cordell is probably smiling as I say it because I used to teach him about it. It's that area between the two tight ends all the way up to about 22 yards between two cover two safeties. Throwing in the, all the different combinations in there, he's incredibly accurate. I think his tight end had 15 catches in that game against Texas A&M where they rallied the Bruins from 44 to 10 behind to getting a win. Um, I, I think Rosen's got it all. Now, yes, he is brash. He's, he's very intelligent. Sometimes to a fault, he wants to be the smartest guy in the room and he'll have to be coachable at the next level. But if he can do that, you don't mind confidence and you certainly don't mind intelligence. And if you, if he, those two things acclimate so that he can be fast to learning how to anticipate like 
Manning and Brady became able to anticipate and figure out what defenses were doing with all the tells that were going on with respect to pre-snap looks. I think Rosen can be terrific. The only thing that worries me about Josh Rosen is the concussions. You know, he's had a few concussions here of late, uh, missed the last couple of games or at least a couple of games in the last half of the season because of them. And uh, that, that to me, is going to be the concern, I think, of the NFL uh, uh, brass as to how high you want to go for him. Coach, let's play GM uh, right now in the Cleveland area. Uh, you have Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. Jarvis Landry comes in. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I think they end up grabbing Carlos Hyde. Give me your take on this young man, Saquon Barkley. How do you handle that? Because he is so young. He's so versatile. He's kind of like the modern-day running back, like the uh, Christian McCaffrey's of the world, uh, the Ezekiel Elliott's of the world. Give me your take on how do you play him in a sense of where do you have him? Does he go to Cleveland? Do you allow him to go to the Giants and fill in at that position? Well, Saquon Barkley is a magnificent athlete. His combine numbers were off the charts, right? And so it's easy to fall in love with him, especially when you get to meet him and he's that nice a kid. And you can just imagine him as the face of your franchise. The question is, does he merit that pick at number one? And would he be there at number four as you're sitting there sizing up what, what, you need, what your needs are? You know, I, I, I still look at Cleveland and say, they got Miles Garrett on one edge. If you went and got Bradley Chubb from North Carolina State and put him on the other edge, you've got something that everybody in the world would be envying. And you still have a position there at the fourth spot to probably get a quarterback that you believe, a Josh Allen, a uh, uh, Josh Rosen, that can be behind a Tyrod Taylor for a year and learn. And, and uh, you've got a lot of pieces, as you just pointed out, uh, with the uh, the Landry acquisition, and so forth. Uh, Barkley is alluring because he is. He's the face of a program. I don't know that he is Ezekiel Elliott, a Leonard Fournette, a every-down power back. There were a number of games this year Penn St- at the Penn-, Penn State had where he didn't get 100 yards rushing because he's not, in my mind, that physical guy. He's more Christian McCaffrey, and I don't know – if that's the number one pick in the draft. I think, and especially in a very, very rich uh, running back draft. I mean, you look at Sony Michelle, you look at Ronald Jones, you look at uh, Nick Chubb from Georgia. I mean, the list is very long of a complete carry on Johnson from Auburn. There's a number of guys that you could probably get in the second round that to fill running back needs as, as not much as everybody's going to want Saquon Barkley, does he move the needle enough for, as an every-down back and get those hard yards that you're going to need to salt games away late? I'm not sure I can answer that affirmatively. Rick Neuweisel, CBS Sports, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Rick, where do you come down to Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen? We know big body, massive arm, but if numbers are going to be our guide, as you know, he was inaccurate to Wyoming, less than 60% completion percentage. Well, that that can be attributed to you know receivers and, and you know not having uh, a long time in that particular offense. I'm not so concerned about that. I saw enough good things when I watched him practice with my own eyes at the Senior Bowl to say, hey, this guy's going to be really good someday. And I've also heard about you know the the notion in the AFC uh, North, you know, with Pittsburgh and Baltimore having success with the bigger guys, Flacco and and uh, Roethlisberger being big guys. You know, for that climate, that uh, you know, late November games to win, you're going to have to have a guy that's got the big hands and can stand in the pocket and so forth. And I, I hear all that. 
I'm okay with Josh Allen being a top pick. I just don't think you can put Josh Allen in there, and I would say you need at least two years of seasoning for him. If you have the luxury to have somebody play while Josh Allen learns and continues to grow and can get acclimated to things that are going on at the NFL level, I I think he would be a fine pick. He's a great young guy. He's uh, certainly Battlestar Galactic physically. I just think to ask him to play NFL football anytime earlier than two two seasons is a reach. Coach, when you look at this kid, Calvin Ridley, uh, he's proven to be as dynamic as it gets when it comes down to catching a football and being able to get the yards after the catch. How do you see him faring in the National Football League? Because there's a few spots at the top of this draft that can use his his, his talents, and that's Cleveland, uh, the Giants, not knowing for sure where Odell, Odell Beckham would be. Look at what's going on in Indy, uh, even uh, what's going on in Denver, as well as the Jets. Where do you see this young man have an opportunity to move? Because he's really fast. I I love Ridley, and uh, I agree with you that he's going to have a great career. I have a hard time taking a receiver at his size that early. You know, just as you point out all the different attributes that he has, so too do a number of corners, (laughs) right? we got Minka Fitzpatrick, his teammate, on the list. There's a number of guys that uh, play corner that also can run and move and and, – get open and, and, and do the same agility things that, uh, that Ridley can do. If he were a bigger guy, if he were Julio Jones size, I would say, absolutely. You got to get him. You got to get him as fast as you can because Julio Jones is open. Even when he is covered, I'm not sure the same can be said about a guy at Ridley size. Doesn't mean he won't be a first rounder. I just don't think you can put him up in that top 10. Coach, as we let you go, can you give us a good Cordell Stewart anecdote? And we have plenty of time. I know you can't limit yourself just a minute or two. A story that stands out about our good friend Cordell. <laughs> you have to laugh at that with Cordell you, Stewart. Yeah, I, I, we don't have nearly enough time to get, let me get into uh, what I'd really like to tell you about Cordell Stewart. But I'm going to tell you this. When I got there, Cordell was on many lists as a, as a running back prospect. Of uh, in the NFL, people loved his athleticism, but didn't think there was enough uh, quarterback uh, expertise to to merit uh, his participating in the next level at that position. Cordell and I took that as a personal challenge, and the way he played in his final year at uh, Colorado became the all-time Big Eight total offense leader. Which Cordell, I'm glad to tell you, will always be the all-time Big Eight total <laughs> offense leader because there is right. no Big Eight. That's uh, right. The bottom line is. The guy was a competitor par excellence, and we were within an eyelash of winning a national championship. And had we had another answer or two against Nebraska, I think uh, he would have been the national championship quarterback as well. It was a pleasure to work with him. He's one of my all-time favorites, and I know you're having a blast with him too. Sorry, Brian. That's all I'm going to get. All right, we'll wait for the podcast. (laughs) I need something that's a little bit more salacious, Coach, but we'll do it next time. Hmm? Ryan, you know you know the miracle at Michigan. Yes, I'm familiar with that play. Okay, you're familiar with that play. Did Cordell make you play it before every show? As you no, I don't. Start? I don't actually. I don't. I don't. I'm just going to tell you this: we went over the play before it on the sideline. We didn't even have it in our in our playbook. All right, we hit it, Cordell, and it and it worked exactly like he drew it up. Cordell hits it. Michael Westbrook slides. I told him he had to slide. We couldn't afford him to running because we only had so much time left. And then Cordell runs over to me and says, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> With five seconds left. left Cordell. You got to heave it. And you got to heave it a long way, and you got to buy time. Well, here's and, the thing, uh, Coach. I, I promise you when I tell the story, 
I do add that in. I do add that to the story. I don't. I don't leave that part <laughs> out because that was the funniest of all time. You came over. I go. You got to heave it, son. <laughs> <laughs> he threw that ball, and I'm gonna tell you, 73 yards in the air, and it looked like a wedge shot when it took off. And just like Nicholas staring down a wedge, you knew it had a chance. And the rest, as they say, is history. And now we know the rest of the story. Coach, always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for being so generous with your time again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Enjoyed it, boys. Have a great uh, rest of your day. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.